follows us. And that's a natural law. Dem bones, dem bones meet calcium. Dem bones, dem bones meet calcium. In the Tales from the East End, episode 54. So we have a packed show again this week, and we have the Sligo and the Pats games. Bows away, coming up on Friday in Mordor. And we have questions from the East End with Pico Lopez and Sean Boyd. So as usual, it's me, Gary P, and the Prof, Carl Riley. Hello. Apologies for how stuffy I sound this week. The Prof is in bits. He's uh, a... Ill- <laughs> I was going to say something controversial there, but I won't. But... Um, uh, so we've first we're going to talk about Petries and our new mixology classes. This is actually quite cool. It's um, it's an arrival with your fizz reception. So we've got a bit of fizz in arrival. Meet and greet with your bartender. History about cocktails and spirits. You choose your two or three cocktails you'll be making, and you have all sorts of cool classes and learning how to make cocktails. So uh, get in touch with Petries and have a good night out. I'll go for a zombie cocktail. That's three different types of rum, prof. And uh, you'll be on your back after a couple of them. Are you going to be having these during your poker night or beforehand? It doesn't matter. Yeah, but when you wake up on a Sunday. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Johnny, so Johnny Blue will still win. Johnny Blue will cocktails. still win, yeah, with a couple of zombies in them. Yeah. So that's the Mixology Madness from Peachtree's. Check them out. It's very, very interesting stuff. And they, knew, they also have a new gin cart as well. So you can park the gin cart beside your table and you can have a merry old time. So that's Peachtree East's new Mixology classes. So uh, we've a lot to talk about, as usual, and we had Tony Cousins and Beach Boy Mark Kenny on our last uh, monthly madness, which was went down an absolute tree. Yeah, great, say, great reaction. And not a drop of drink in either of them. No. Full of coffee. Imagine if we had. I know, yeah. I think Beach said it on purpose. He says there's no way you're getting the cans into me. He had been, it had been, uh, it had been Adam because he'd said, um, I thought he'd been thinking about it all week whether he was going to drink or not, and he says no, no way. <laughs> I'll spill the beans talking to Mick McCarthy in Sligo he said uh, he was on the phone to Tony afterwards and uh, this was half nine on the Sunday and he said to me come on you getting out now yeah. he was meant to go to a barbecue with the wife oh I said he was in the doghouse was he so oops and uh, Mark Kenny was in the East End he had the whole section cordoned off from and like I said podcast fame has gone to his head we thought we knew him we thought he was cool man <laughs> but uh, he was getting texts left right and centre about the show and people uh Text him saying great stuff and see that's the relationship that he has with the fans. You know, it's it's a it's it's quite a cool relationship that he has. But he was taking notes for the FAR doing something along those lines. Anyway, got me fucked out of stand anyway. And uh, shocking four and a half hours. Some people it took me a while. Now I I always listen back to my I yeah I, I like to proof listen as you you could say. And it took some people two or three days to get through it. And some people did it in one go. Freaker said it was timed perfectly for his journey to Berlin. And some saved it for the trip to Sligo. So uh, we hope you enjoyed it. And that's what we do here at Tesla East. And we provide some oral or some audio pleasure. 
And um, that kind of show. <laughs> yeah. I don't think even the round trip to Sligo would have you covered. It was that. No, it would, you'd struggle to get it all in yeah. if you had pit stops and beer stops and whatever else. So, uh, yeah, any suggestions for our next monthly madness, our our future monthly madnesses? Definitely get them in. We're always open to suggestions, and we are we always have plans for our next one, which we will keep to ourselves. And we had uh, a few people said it was our best, including Derek Kelly, who wants us to get Sean Francis on, another one of his favourite players of that time. And actually, if you remember, Prof, I said to you, I, I saw Mark Kenny in Abbottstown, and he actually suggested Sean Francis yeah. to have him with him. So uh, that should have a bit of bants. Sean listened. He yeah, said, Sean said listened it, back said it as well. Brilliant. It seemed like a good little uh, click that they had going in at that, in that era. One uh, random observation, and you said they both had two different pronunciations of Mele. Mele, uh, I think so. Mark said Mele. Yeah. <laughs> Frack. And Tony Cousin said Melia. Melia, yeah. I think we just asked Brando. Brando, what's the story? How do you pronounce your name? I think we did. Have we done that? No, but I just assumed it was Melia. I think I even heard you pronounce mispronounce Henchinski recently there as well. Did it? Oh, I slipped. Uh, that's still being mispronounced on the soccer public as well Chinsky. and uh, and then we had Cuzzo's uh, Tony's 42.ie article a long read but very interesting and uh, it touched on all sorts of stuff in his career Chelsea and uh, allegations and it was really good took longer to read the article than it did to record our podcast <laughs> to get the show yeah it was it was cast on yeah. fairness there was uh, loads on, on Chelsea to be fair that we didn't Cover. Plus, he mentioned the Liverpool Christmas parties. Yeah, which he said we'll never get the truth out of them, which <laughs> is, is probably the way it should be. There was one in December 1990, and David Burroughs is a picture of him dressed as Hitler. I saw that, Which yeah. would not happen nowadays. No, certainly wouldn't. It's like uh, it's like the Gary Twig bus. What happens on it stays on it. Uh, funnily enough, one of the, I think Connor Foley, I met his aunt in my job, and I said to him, I had your, had your nephew on the bus. Uh, did he say that? And he goes, No. Stays. What happens on the bus stays in the bus. I say, good man, <laughs> you're trained well. That was Tony. Yeah. I have to say though, Tony's what a knowledgeable guy. He, he I has, could actually I mean, listen he, to his opinions on football all day. Really good, wasn't it? And uh, it was it was an off the cuff thing where we asked him to pick our their formations, and I was loving that. Yeah, him talking was, about what you should do as a squad and and things. It was really good. I mean, Michael O'Neill doesn't bring you in for nothing. Michael O'Neill, you gotta you gotta have a, a, your wits about you if Michael O'Neill wants mm. your opinion, and his hearts are using them as well. So it's definitely, I saw him on Soccer Republic at the Pats game. I think the Pats and Waterford game. Yeah, they complimented each other. Mark Mark was gas. Plus, I was really impressed with his knowledge of the amateur scene. Just seemed to know everyone, even the underage scene as well. He just knew it. He knows it all. He just genuine love for football, and it really shone, shone off like that. And what I will say about Cuzzo as well, he tastes no shit. He he interrupted me a few times and he had a look on his face as if to say, "What are you talking yeah, about?" Yeah, he always followed through on his point. He really did, yeah. yeah. So it was a fantastic show. I'm really, really, genuinely loved doing it, and it's 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 my favorite time of the month. Monthly Madness, Free Bills and Rovers Legends. Uh, we've reached a hundred songs on our Spotify playlist. Don't forget, Spotify playlist is an absolute cracker and a must listen on match day. You can just start and put it on spot, put it on random, start it from start to finish. It's excellent. It's got all the all the classics, all of our uh, sneaky, uh, cryptic songs that we've had throughout the year, throughout the last year or two. So definitely check it out on Match Day. It's a cracker. Yeah, just search Tales from the East End. There it is. Yeah, and there we are, straight in there. And somebody asked us to get our uh, to get us on podcast player, but we are in fact on it. So we're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes, as everybody knows. 
You can find us on pretty much any Android app. It just seems to appear on these apps. There was a couple where I did need to manually add it, like mm. Stitcher. Yeah, Stitcher. But we've got Overcast, Player FM, Podcast Addict, Podcast Republic, Podcast Player, TuneIn and Stitcher. Stitcher is the one that works for iPhones as well. So we are everywhere. We are the horrors of the podcast world. So. <laughs> Something I forgot to mention last week. Uh, remember I was talking about Malmo. In the Swedish Cup final. Yeah. They did lose, sadly, 3-0. So. Yeah, I caught a bit of that. Still no cup since 1989. But also, we were wondering why the game has taken place on a Thursday afternoon. Yeah, this was... It was a... Uh, come on, give us give us your, your explanation there. It was Paul, Paul O'Connell filled us in this. Because it was uh, Ascension Day, which is a public holiday in Sweden. Ah, so everybody just goes in the piss and watches the football. Yeah. Take no FAI. Another side note that's been amusing me about the podcast. When, when we've been messaging uh, Bobby Best... On Facebook, he keeps calling us Riley. Yeah. Because on Facebook, we're called Riley Parsons because they don't let us use their actual show name. So I thought, I just, it just amused me. So I never corrected him. Just kept calling us Riley over and over. But then in the tunnel a couple of weeks back, I was I was asking him to help help me with photographs with for um, cousins and Kenny. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> I just see Bobby coming over to me from the pitch and he shouts, Riley! He's actually calling me Riley in person now. <laughs> No, I did tell him though. In okay. fairness, that happened to me in work. I think it was eight years before I had to correct the guy. I just hadn't got the heart. I think he was leaving the job, and I said he came over and he says, "Listen, Keith, I'm leaving." And just to say it was nice work with you. Said, "My name's Gary." <laughs> I know it's been eight years, but <laughs> right. So we had another bit of news as well with Gary Armstrong. Long time hoop has hung up the keys to his bus in the states, and not even I don't think it was just the states. It was all over Europe. And now he's off to Australia. So, um, live with his uncle. Live with the uncle, yeah. Well, the same country as his uncle. I don't know where he's actually going to yeah, live. Yeah, I'd say he's, uh, he'll probably touch base anyway. But mm. he took the he took a busload of people to his mass for tea as well there, Reason That was pretty cool. So that's Gary Armstrong, and he is off to the uh, to Australia. So it's a pity we can't uh, we can't get a team from Australia. We can go over and stay with him. Ray could pull us up. There is a Shamrock Rovers over there. Yeah, there is, there is. Them. So we'll move on to a bit of football. And with the match that was destined for a fucking nil-all draw. You called it, in fairness. Worst home record for Sligo, worst away record for us. Always going to be a nil-all draw. I know we didn't call it on the show, but in the days leading up to it, I said, this has got nil-all written all over. So, <coughs> nil-all Sligo on Saturday in the showgrounds. And we had Lukey Bourne, who was in for Sean Cavanagh, who was ill. Luke's first appearance since Bowes. And Joey O'Brien had another game added to his suspension. Danny Carr, dangerous Danny Carr, I'm going to call him now. He was in for Daddy Cool Shaw and still no Kevin Horgan for a week or two. But Graham Bourke was made available to play with two games less 24 hours. So yeah. Hashtag club and country. Yeah, Prof, you were down the Gertie Twig, SC. Was it as wild as the Dirty Bus? I don't think anything's going to be as wild as that now. But, <laughs> I will, but we'll try and beat it. There was no Dan or Paul, so the inmates were running the asylum. Yeah, the inmates were running the asylum. It was Kieran Long, wasn't it? I did a good job in fairness. It didn't he, he, well he didn't run into a wall or he, set it on fire, so Well, yeah. He, Success. He, he adapted to the role quite well. Yeah, well He was <laughs> he was very authoritative. Oh yeah? Yeah. I have to say that the floor of the bus it was so sticky from spilled <laughs> beer, Gary. And you were thinking, Oh yeah, it's probably just a bit sticky. No, I mean like every inch of it. It's just like <laughs> we're walking out the bus, it's like <laughs> Reminds you of level four above the abo. It was actually ridiculous. Oh man. And Alex the bus driver, he was actually asking me to he added me on Facebook. Oh yeah, he was looking at the, the podcast before yeah, we left. Fair play to him. He's taking an interest now. 
You'll convert and, uh, him. He won't. We'll have to tell him he can't take balls anymore now. But what this game reminded me of was uh, last year we went to Dundalk on a Sunday and we had a double decker bus. It was mostly for the kids. It was basically me, uh, Packer Martin, Brenda Fox, and about twenty kids that day. Yeah, it was a, it was a school yeah. tour. <laughs> yeah, this time uh, normal coach, but uh, plenty of kids again. One of them was called Larson Kinghorn. I know. Is that he's real? Isn't he? He's got a future in porn. He's <laughs> he actually is real. It's not made up. What a name. And uh, first time on the bus for Gareth Brennan and Ozzy Nate. Ah, oh, no way. Yeah, so I was hanging out with them. Good stuff. Yeah, I saw Nate at the game there. Oh, I'm delighted with that. Yeah. We'll have to bring them on our, one of our X-rated tours. Yeah, great crack talking to, to Nate because he was telling me about following other sports back home in Australia. And I didn't even know this, but you're not allowed to swear. At games in Australia, they'll actually kick you out. So he's going nuts over here. But he actually adapts quite well. He said he went to a cricket match over there and uh, Kevin Pearson was playing. And he said he gave him dog's abuse for two hours. Right. Without swearing though. <laughs> You're really rubbish. But they still kicked him out because it was just, it was an endless barrage of He kicked insults. him out? Yeah. Was he blitzed on the he bus? He says he's been showing out with pretty much every... Crowd. I love it. He's still fitting in well, Robert. Was he, uh, was he absolutely blitzed? On the bus. It's the usual where he's just coherent for the first couple of hours and then it just descends <laughs> to madness. Oh man, I'll never but forget that. He introduced me to all sorts of new phrases actually because I was telling him how last year Sligo only lost two home games and this year they'd lost six or something. Right. And he said, he said, oh yeah, it's like going from a fortress to a fairy house. That's an Aussie one, is it? There you go. That's not bad. That's a good one. I like that. So fortress most... to a fairy ass. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to try the accent. <laughs> Most people went to Mooney's across from the, the showgrounds. Yeah, literally just across from it. Did you have a few points? Yeah, we actually, me, Pack and Martin, Gareth and Nate, we went to uh, Shoot the Crows, which is more into the town. Right. And uh, it was quite dingy. Ah, that's what you want. Yeah. Dingy little bar. We kept saying dingy out loud. It was like, yeah, it's very dingy, isn't it? In a kind of, in a complimentary way. <laughs> we liked how dingy I love your dingy bar. Oh, but Mo, the dank, the dank. It was just so small. It was a fireplace. Which would have been better if it was lit, but it wasn't. And I did tell the lads that they would, they would face my rat for making me miss the first seven, eight minutes of kickoff. Oh, yeah. So this is it. That's what happens, prof. Well, I didn't miss anything, in fairness. Nothing happened, but... And uh, when I went in, uh, Barney Senior was the first person who saw the chipper. Ah, oh, Barney Senior. Good and stuff. And he was in bits. <laughs> Care, I mean, he could barely stand. Barney Senior? He was just... Brilliant. No sign of Barney Jr. to hold he, him up. He was bollocks. <laughs> and as someone said, he probably doesn't remember an away game for 20 years. Brilliant. Like father, like son, anyway. Good old Barney's, what? Legends. Oh, amazing. And uh, we don't start down there. He said, looking forward to the battle of the three Rovers in Sligo later. Can't wait to see which two turn up. Very true as well. And uh, mm-hmm. chances, we were talking about chances uh, in inverted commas. There's a difference between chances and attempts. Chances are worked in and you should score chances, really. Attempts are Danny Carr's shot from outside the box. Shots from outside the box are attempts, you know. Exactly. The goalkeeper made a couple of good saves. It was actually Beanie in goal, not, not Slingerman. Yeah. But um, I think Soccer Republic highlighted too that all our shots were from outside the box. Yeah. And as you say... Are they really chances? No, there? I don't really class them as that. Unless, no, it's 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 a debate for another day. But I don't think Sligo had a shot in goal. 
it was pretty much the worst Lego team I've ever seen. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember a worse team. I really can't. I've only been following them since Paul Cook signed, in fairness. But it's, either way, it's, it's a long time since they've been that poor. I don't know how... That's, surely he's, he's nearly out the door now, Jared uh, Little. But it just that's what made it more frustrating, that they just they didn't put up to us at all. They were so feeble, and we just sort of passed it around in circles. There was no real plan to get the ball in the box. Yeah, Finn had one from outside the box. Carr had a couple. But our creativity was really frustrating that night. It just didn't happen for us. And we were talking about having to win these games. You have to be getting three points there. I know, against a team that's lost six at home already, you know, it's it's mm. uh, it's, it's not good enough. Lukey did play well in the, the wing-back position. Uh, we had the subs as well. It was Brando's fifth consecutive sub-appearance. And Bowen's fourth league appearance since Limerick on April 20th. And Dylan's second league appearance of the season. He picked up a booking as well. Um, the car, bad tackle. Was it even a bad tackle? I don't think it was. I, more of a, I more didn't of think a so at the time. Jumped into him more than anything. Well, I watched it on TV. It actually looked a bit nasty. Um, it's, it's, it was silly either way. I mean, that's something mm. they need to get out of his game. Because he will get another ref will send him off for that. You know, he, has, he got lucky in fairness. I love how the ref saw that. Two players went down. There was a bit of a melee. Fracas, right? Yeah. The ref goes in and he proceeds to book everyone that wasn't involved. <laughs> he booked about three people who had nothing to do with anything. And then the uh, the bad mood set in again, and very few players, very very few fans clapped the players after that. So Bradley didn't really come over either. It's uh, the well, apathy was apathy is the word that suits. The final whistle, I reckon. That's the last thing you want to set in, isn't it, Apathy? It's, it felt like that as well. I mean, a lot of people didn't travel down. Yeah. Now, I, I, I didn't go down myself. I, I had to get... I was doing a lot with... with you were planning on staying over with the missus. What yeah, happened to that? I know. Yeah, we had all the plans set, but then we said, you know, we have to actually get stuff done for the communion. So, I, uh, I was nearly halfway down to Sligo, and then I, 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 I felt guilty <laughs> to come back. And when I had to start rushing yeah. it for the next week. But it was... It's one of those things where people are just staying away, and like there's, there's, it's, it's just hard to describe at the moment. I've never kind of f- felt this way about Rovers at the moment, where you just like, you know what? It's, it's, it seems like it feels like a chore at times, and that's just yeah. I can't help that. So there was a little group singing "We Want Bradley Out." Oh no, really? Yeah, that's probably why they didn't come over. Hmm. But after this, like the goal scoring was worrying. We'd scored 11 goals in our last 15 games. Yeah, it's poor. Eight of them between Burke and Kerr. The others were two defenders and an OG. Yeah, so we're not we're not chipping in from, from all areas in the pitch. It's, it's, it is a worrying stat, in fairness. Until Tuesday, then we got a few different on yeah. the score. We'll talk about Tuesday. Well, that was very positive, but we'll get the negatives out of the way. And it was our 18th game, halfway point of the season. One win in nine league games at this point. One win in an entire series. So when was the last time we had a run this bad, Professor? Yeah, we didn't win any of our last nine games at the end of 2008. 2008. And then didn't win the I first. Didn't win the first day of 2009 either, so that was a total of 10. But yeah, any other nine-game period in Tata, uh, never only had one win. So we've only won one game in the second series. Yep. That is terrible. It really is. That is shocking. I won't even tell you what I predicted for the second series. <laughs> but the away form is the most alarming of all because this season 
I've been in cars, buses, coaches, trains to Richmond, Dalymount, Bray, Dundalk, Stiger, Waterford, Limerick, Cork and Derry. Nine trips, five points, four goals. It's terrible. That's relegation stuff. What it is relegation stuff. And what is why is our waveform so poor? What are we doing wrong? Probably the way we're setting up, is it a mentality thing? I reckon I reckon it's a it's a mental thing with the with the players. I think it's a and there could be some sort of sports psychologist, but then again, what, what, do you need that type of thing for players nowadays? I mean, is it, is it something that you really need to delve into? I think it's a, I think it's a mentality. I really do. Why do I just not expect Finn and Bolger to turn it on again in midfield the same way in Danny Mills now that they did at home to Pats? I know. Why don't I expect? That? We don't expect it at all. That's the thing. And the fact that, like, never mind it being an away game. The fact that it's an away Bowes derby. It's it, mm. it doesn't uh, it doesn't seem good at all. Well, just a couple of things on the away games. Six without a win. Uh, not actually not the worst in that year. We had seven without a win away. Under Crawley was it? In Crawley's first season, yeah. Although four away league games without a goal, that is actually the worst run since the start of the year two thousand. So that's our worst run. No away goals in four games. Worst run since two thousand. Yep. So pretty much twenty years. Worst run in twenty years. Worst away, worst away goal scoring run in twenty years. Almost, yeah. Well. Stick that stat in your pipe. Smoke that one. So uh, a couple of other results. We Pat's beating Sligo 2-0 on the Tuesday after our last show. So Derry on Friday was their fourth win in a row leading into our game, and that's what had been uh, daunting about this fixture. But we went on to spank them anyway, but we'd Friday. 18th of May with Waterford 3 Limerick 6 in an absolute belter of a game Davey Webster thought he was a goalkeeper at the end did you see that he no. just handled the ball in the box oh, I missed that thought he heard the whistle and it was a penalty yeah Limerick went 2-0 up then Waterford had a pair of off then they went 3 up and ended up winning 6-3 so they were actually 2 up with 11 men yeah they were Doofus got a couple of goals he's actually a really good finisher um we Pats went on 5-2 at De- and, uh, in Shakur against Derry which the highlights they, they looked really good and that's what they played great football in that's, that's what made yeah. it so daunting they were pl- they were playing really well especially the marquee goal yeah that was, was a class, good one the little pirouette and finishing I was quite worried corner. about him on Tuesday but yeah he was neat enough against yeah. against us he did sh- he was okay but he did no damage and then we Cork City went on 4-0 at home to Bray and Turner's Cross and then Balls losing 2-0 in uh Daily Mount against Dundalk and they if if you're gonna go by highlights, they actually played well. They looked like they, they troubled Dundalk a couple of times. Yeah. Although they gave Horder the freedom of, of Fibsborough and he ran amok, but they, they did create chances, so I mean they're well able to play football so a grand all weekend there for balls. They had the, the home game against Dundalk on the Friday. And then the Royal Wedding showing the Daily Mount bar the yeah. next day. He was a full house. Yeah. I think it was a full house, the bar was packed. They were singing God save the Queen. All the orcs were out celebrating. So uh, twenty twenty two goals in those four games. Twenty two goals, yeah. The the live scores was absolutely hopping off my in, in off my phone and work. And obviously, I checked when was the last six three scoreline in the top flight. First time in twenty six years. Twenty six years. Yeah, at loan be or sorry, Pat Speed at loan. Some man for the stats, prof. But soccer Republic this week was like some kind of dystopian nightmare. <laughs> because I had to watch five pass goals I had to hear the pa- amazing commentary that goddamn cowbell 
after each and every one of the five. I had to listen to Siobhan Madigan's pretend live commentary. Pretend. Which is actually getting worse. I couldn't I couldn't have predicted that. I think I think the Pats fans voted to get rid of that, that cowbell as well. And then icing the cake, I have to watch Simon Madden and Billy Denhy for Limerick putting in great crosses. It's like going into a time machine. <laughs> Do you know what? It could be worse. You could be sitting in your bedroom uploading old videos of 80 shows, masturbating furiously in, in, in your parents' house, you know? Have with your with your uh, your YouTube channel that you you so famously love, but anyway, on to the next one. Uh, so Waterford might not even get into Europe next season because Lee Power formed a new company in 2016, and you have to be at least three years in existence to get to Europe. So does this mean that they're pretty much not Waterford anymore? Kind of yeah, because they're Waterford FC. Yeah, they're same as Cork. They're like the zombie be Waterford so, United. Yeah, yeah. So that's that would be that. That'd be a sick there, wouldn't it? But listen. I'll take it if we can do Europe. <laughs> they come fourth and we come fifth. I'll take that. Thank that you very much. Ultimate backdoor way in, wouldn't it, to Europe? Yes, yeah, so I definitely take that as as a, a route to Europe if we didn't qualify automatically. Yoink! And we Graham Bork playing the last half hour of the two-two draw with Celtic and Scott Brown's testimonial. So a fantastic day and occasion for this young man. And uh, I'd say the flats were on fire, having a big old party. Celebrating Borky's uh, cap, so fair play to him. And fire for the right reason. <laughs> yeah. We were um, wondering how he would actually travel because he's playing the slide on the Saturday. We thought maybe would he go to Derry or something? Yeah, I was wondering about or, the logistics myself. Yeah. But what we actually did was he went home to Dublin with his uncle. Brad's I gave him a jockey back. Probably yeah. <laughs> he said he was in bed at one a.m. and up at seven to fly out to Glasgow on Sunday morning. Yeah. So like we said, congrats to Borky. And uh, not officially a cap or anything, but massive confidence. He played for Ireland. So there was a couple of moments in the game against Pats as well where mm. he was in such a tight space and his close control, absolutely stunning. So um, Lucky Bourne tweeted six months ago. I was standing on the terrace in Copenhagen beside Borky for the playoff. As fans, now I'm sitting here watching him pull on the green short. No more than he deserves. So proud of you, GB. So the little bromance is alive and well with Lukey and uh, Borky. Everybody used to hate each other. Yeah. Battles on the pitch in DDSL days. Bellable. And uh, Borky talking about his call up. He said in Soccer Republic Extra Podcast. He says, It's crazy how I found out. He said, I was eating lunch. Luke was sitting next to me and he turned around to me shouting, You're in the Ireland squad. You're in the Ireland squad. I was like, No, I'm not. He said, It's on Twitter. Then I read it and the gaffer came and told me it's brilliant. I had no clue. And he even had Larry McLarson in the, in the squad as well. How about that? In another interview, he said that if you went back to his Nass County days and you told me this would happen, he said, I would have told you not a hope in hell or he would have said fuck off that's probably what you said yeah. <laughs> more like that so Bork and Supple are both included in the Ireland squad to play France and USA that's going to be some game man if he can get on there Supple is actually an impressive one because he gave up football for six years yeah he was he was under Keane at Ipswich, Ipswich and he yeah. went into him yeah. he says yeah I don't play football anymore cancelled that contract and just walked out apparently didn't he say he wanted to be a cook or something a chef or something like yeah. that yeah we came home but he's um He's he's done well in fairness, and he's a goalkeeper. As much of a, a mutant, Bo's mutant that he is, he's he's a goalkeeper. He really is, and uh, hopefully he doesn't have one of his better days on Friday. Duffy, Michael Duffy's on his radar for call ups now, and uh, well deserved as well. If he does get a call up, because he's been excellent all season, and he's played for the Ireland under 18s, the Northern Ireland 19s, and the 21s. And Michael called him up twice to the senior squad, but he does want to switch, so that's a tough decision for young Michael Duffy. See who's going the other way. Sean Scannell. Remember him? He, he, 
He went he went to the Northern Ireland. He's gonna be capped by Northern Ireland. Really? Yeah. Geez, he must be pushing on now. Remember he was a big prospect. Yeah, I, I remember. Said, I think he's third year. Is he not got a cap? Though. No competitive caps. No, no caps. No caps at all. I remember he was at Paddis and he was really the next he was big being team, hyped yeah, up. I yeah. remember that. Um so we'll move on to Monday's results. And we dirty beaten Bray 2 0 in the Brandywell we done Dock beating Waterford 2 0 and Limerick losing at home to Cork. So um more results. So David Snow in the Daily Mail reported that Stephen Brady is to release four players in July to clear out with Shaw and Brando among the players mentioned. I don't know what to think of this at all. Um you know what the rumour mill is like. We've heard a couple of rumours with players being released and players being told they can go. We can't confirm anything because we don't know anything. But uh, it's a strange one. Well, that was a kick in the buttocks for a melee I'd say on so. Tuesday because, as we mentioned earlier, five games in a row he came off the bench. Then he starts him in what ended up being a comprehensive 3 0 win. Yep. And he played no part in it. So that's really unlucky. And he we came could have been singing his praises if he had stayed on. Yeah, he came off injured. And um, Gary just made a fake quotation <laughs> mark there. Just. Um, yeah, no, I'm not too sure what to think of this at all. It's a strange one because, I mean, if we're going to get rid of all these players and we're, we're, we're circulating that they're available to be taken away from our squad, we have to replace them. So what's going to happen then? Are we going to bring in two big-name players and push on like that? or what? what? I really don't know. I, I have no idea. Or maybe, maybe... It's all fake news and it's a ploy to motivate the players. No. <laughs> could be. I don't know. You don't know. It could be fake news where a little press release is released and they said, right, these players are available and it, it, obviously it's going to filter down to the players and Brando's sitting there going, he's trying to get rid of me. I better get my finger out. Me and I orchestrating at the moment they've gone by our starting selections. There's actually no need for two wingers because they don't play often enough. Yeah, and, and fair, but we do lack natural wingers, though. That's the only thing. So maybe they're looking to get a winger in. I mean, Brando's not a natural winger. You know, he cuts in and he's 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 more um, capable in the central position. So Joel is our only natural winger, I reckon. I wouldn't even call Kavanagh a natural winger. So I think when we play 3-5-2, there doesn't seem to be any place for Mide and Kostrain. But we no. went back to a back four against Pats and then Mide started. Yeah, that's when you can actually play wingers. But like we said, Brando's not a natural winger, so does his damage in the middle of the park. Just behind the striker, but Borky is currently taking up that role and there's no budge in Borky at the moment. So, uh, oh, now what do we have now? We have Roman Curtis signing for Portsmouth, which is a shrewd sign, and I, I thought he was excellent every time he played against us. And he's on the list of ages as well. So, um, excellent player, and hopefully does well at Portsmouth. Does seem to be a regular problem for Kenny Shields. Oh, he, he loses you, his key players season after season. Pull your hair out, wouldn't you? I mean, McInef is next, definitely. I mean, he's in um, he's in Richie Tell territory at this stage. He's got 10 goals, 18 games. Fantastic record. And uh, and another news, with former Cork player Roy O'Donovan received a 10-game ban in Australia for kicking a goalkeeper in the head. He also got an 8-game ban a couple of years ago for a headbutt. Not an alleged headbutt like Mark Kenny at Bangor, but he walloped the keeper. That was Kung Fu, wasn't I'm it? I'm talking Chun Li, <laughs> fucking Street Fighter shit. He walloped them. It was a serious kick in the head. And being the type of guy that he is, I, I, it seemed intentional because there was no. Fair enough, the ball was there. He mistaked the ball for his head. 
it was a serious, serious foul. There's a high foot and there's whatever this was. And then there's GBH. This was a whole other level. GBH. <laughs> oh, man, he walloped him. So that's him going for 10 games. And um, our Dundalk home game on June 2nd will be shown live on RTE. I hope they scrap that because we're brutal on telly. Especially RTE this season. RTE, yeah. we've on, we're, we're shocking on telly. We've not, I think or was the Balls game? That, I think that was Air Sport, wasn't it? Yeah, um, Air Sport. The Waterford was Waterford RTE. Yeah, or Waterford was RTE. I remember Kerr uh, yeah. commentating on that. We played well on RTE away to Dundalk and Waterford. We just keep losing. We just keep losing. Yeah. So Celtic are coming back to Tala for a friendly with Rovers on July seventh. So a few quid there. Hopefully, all the bar stoolers in, and yeah. Celtic are on a, a real high at the moment. So I think that'll sell out easily. My criticism was levelled at us because I think it's ten euro more than last year. Oh, but listen, if you're not happy, fair enough, just don't go. They will pay it though. Yeah, don't, I mean, um, it, it's a money spinner for the club. It's simple, Plus, simple, plain and simple. It's to get a few quid in. And as someone was telling me um, yesterday, a very small percentage of Rovers fans are even at these sort of games. Yeah, and, and if it comes down to it... It's New Jersey and Celtic fans. If it comes down to it, just ask, ask a member to get you a ticket. They have a discount. I'm sure they won't mind. I mean, there's a discount there. I think it's 20 quid for a member, so... I mean, members can take a couple of tickets if they want. Rovers fans will be looked after, put it that way. One thing I do agree with, though, is that we should be called Shamrock Rovers 11. I think so as well. Because I think there are idiots around the country who will open the newspaper and say, oh, Rovers were beaten 9-0 by Celtic. Yeah, no, we've a game before and we've a game on Sunday as well. We've a game the night before and we've a 19th game on the Sunday, so we're going to be be stretched. We know it's going to be reserved. Could be a couple of trialists as well, so I think it's definitely a good... A good run out for some uh, possible players that need game time as well. You remember know? that back four last year? It was like 17 year olds and there's a senior yeah, league players. Yeah. Although I think uh, Carpenter played, didn't he? Yeah, and then he we turned had... out to be sodded. Yeah, he was. He, he was solid yeah. whenever he came on. He's back at Collinstown now. He's actually in the squad for, I think, the Leinster yeah. senior squad. So he's doing pretty well. He got picked, and maybe, maybe even for the FAI amateurs, but he's doing well. Didn't that Dutch guy play as well? He was at fault for about five of the goals. The, the yeah, centre half. Yeah, he did. He was terrible. Do you remember I asked Prazder? It says because he was on trial. I said, "Did you like to look at him?" And he just paused him in. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and uh, so we move on to the positive news. Now we beat Pats. Absolutely walloped Pats three 0 at home on Tuesday. Sean Cavanagh walloped them. Hurled them over. What's the score? Three 0 against St Pats at home on a Tuesday. Football does love us, Prof. It uh, does. It does indeed. And uh, Twitter was very quiet after this game, I have to say. I follow way too many Pats fans on my oh, yeah? regular Twitter account. Yeah. And it was remarkably quiet that night. I think Killian Brennan might have left it in the car that got confiscated when he was done for drink driving. So <laughs> he might have left his car, left his phone there because he was quiet. That, I'm telling you, Maloney gave him an old piece of his mind as well. Classic Maloney. And uh, the Pines Mafia were given Thomas Byrne. I didn't hear what they were saying. What, were they just giving him dogs? From the yeah. West End. Some saying actually contributed to his poor performance. 100% did. He looked... He got heckled. He had a nightmare. 100% contributed. He's, he, all he's hearing that in his ear and nothing's going right from bad touches, bad passes, left, right and centre. You've got fucking Mick Cairns, the godfather in your ear. You've... Mick McCarthy the capo Dave. Dangerous Dave in your ear as well Dangerous Dave in your ear for 90 minutes that would challenge anyone I'm telling you now that's that's what we need we need these boys in the front row heckling <laughs> bows 
on, on Friday that's what we need and they were hyping him up on the greatest league in the world podcast uh, Conan Bourne Conan shut up about him said he's the best young player he's ever seen I saw nothing only one that kind of impressed me was Darren Markey slightly but and just to tie in why we're bringing this guy up he was the one who was giving it giving it laws in front of us yeah. Richmond came right over to us celebrating the, the penalty wasn't it he wanted to take the penalty so you can only imagine if he scored the penalty we would have been straight over even more mm. so Team news was Sean Cavanagh was in a back four with Sam Bowling for Aaron Bulger and Brando had his first start in a while but like we said he was forced off with an injury early on and uh, great start to the game two Canadian goalkeepers playing in that game Carl Tomer and Taysom Frogo eh? yeah they had a bro off I don't know what's a leather boot <laughs> yeah no Baz because his, uh, his partner was a neighbour oh, I didn't know that and uh, I'm hearing reports from the hospital that all four are happy and well. Daddy, Mammy, Baby, and Magic Zabalio. <laughs> it was so in. Oh, God. I think I saw him in, in, uh, in Tala. So we'll talk about this. This I fucking love this header. Absolutely amazing. You were raving about oh, this header, just, yeah. It, it was I just, love the way he leaned the back. The way he leaped up. Yeah. He was a little bit behind him, right? He yeah. adjusted himself from a borky corner, leapt up, and he swung his head. Reminded me a little bit of Darren Maguire. Because when Darren Maguire used to get up for headers, his hair would go all over the place. It looked great. And he was a handsome man. He was a handsome devil. And he got up, doing the actions. So he got up and he, he used every muscle in his neck to just launch that ball into the bottom left corner. Oh, just he out of the reach it. of Tyson Farrago. And it was a beautiful goal and a celebration. Straight over to the fans. It's what we want. Come over, celebrate in front of us. Give us something to cheer about. Even going back to last season... I think it was just the balls games where the players have been coming out. Come over to the stand and celebrate with us. That's what we want. We're going to mm. be there. That's that's what we want. Eighty percent of the game is celebrating goals. It's a great point. That's yeah. it. That's what we need to be doing. We only scored the the one header so far this year, wasn't it? Dan Carr with the near post. Danny Carr with the near post flick in Dundalk. In Dundalk, so, yeah. We want to be getting more of these. I'd say we missed Davy Mack. We missed his threat from corners. We, we're not a threat from corners, are we? We really aren't. But uh, we will move on to Ronan Finn's goal, which was. Fantastic bit of play from Joel Coustron. This who was a lovely finish. Yeah. Slotted it into Danny Carr with an even better assist and top corner from Ronan Finn. About time he's on the score sheet and started playing well. And he was playing in that elusive hole. He was very close to the striker, which is where you want to see him. Mm. Playing in behind the hole and Borky, which we'll talk about Borky's free roll, which is something that's that's the only gripe I could have had. You might call me, I don't know. I just felt like we were exposed. Any team who had any sort of game plan or observation about that game would have targeted Boyle and pumped balls down that that right hand side, our right hand side, their left hand side, because we were we had no right winger for first half. No. So all you had to do was target our, our target Boyle, and you had a we had serious success there. But it just wasn't the case. They didn't they didn't cop it because Borky was over on the left. He was in the middle. He's been indulged in that sense. He, I don't think there's any football and discipline there. I think they'll just let him do what he wants at this stage. That's what it seems to be. Now that's that's not a. It's you could say it's a criticism. It's an observation more than anything that we he is a free role pretty much. Well, I like to see the same again in Dayman. I like to see Finn in the hole. We mentioned earlier how our midfielders haven't been scoring. Yeah, they've they, not they been. At all. They've not been getting to the box to latch on to rebounds and things. They've just not been scoring. It's essential in the formation that we play, though. If you're going to play one up front, you have to have runners in behind them. 
especially the number 10, which is Finn. Does all his damage. Dave, dangerous Dave. Fantastic post on Facebook about how good Finn is at getting beyond the striker and mm. in the t- in, in their tour, it doesn't mean he does all their damage. That's where Finn is most effective. Has fantastic games playing in there, assisting, scoring goals and just doing damage in the final tour. That's where Finn should be playing. And uh, does that mean that we put Bork out wide and let him have that free roll because Bowles will be cute. Bowles will notice any little discrepancy in our game plan and if we have some sort of gap like we did against Pats on the right and they'll expose Boyle well if, if opening day is anything to go by there'll be a big gap on the right side of the pitch yeah. for the whole game no one will use that side you can throw a net on them as Pat Burns yeah. said but they had perfect time for that goal just before half right when's the last time right we scored a goal just before half time because when the whistle blew I thought to myself that is a strange one we haven't scored just before half time in a while but that is a pattern that I've noticed now this season and last, all our big wins, Cork, uh, I think twice was it, Dundalk, Pats. If you notice, we're always 2-0 up at half time. And then we just go on to see out the game. The difference was from the first goal in this game, we were really good. As opposed to like Limerick, where we sat back. This time, from when Lee Gray scored onwards, we were really impressive. But in, like I mean, it was a spineless performance from Pats. They just didn't show up. I mean, normally you can pick one or two players that played well. I thought Darren Markey was neat and was was tidy on the ball. But other than that, your man Bourne, what is all the hype about? He was terrible. Uh, Christy Fagan is about two stone overweight. And he he did nothing when he came, came on. Off the bench, wasn't he came off the bench. Uh, Conan Bourne, I think he just needs to stick to teaching. He, I think he needed his SNA, giving him a dig out on the pitch there. He was that poor. It's just one of those things. It's um, but they've been playing brilliant stuff. I couldn't believe it. I, I said to you privately before. They said they're going to beat us. I said no, no ambition for this. Not ambition. But I've no hope for us to win this at all. Plus, we knew it'd be nothing like uh, earlier in the season. Remember how defensive they were because we had just hammered Derry and exactly. Yeah, and they were very afraid. And they of us. came up whenever Pat's come to tell yeah. it, they come and play. And they didn't do that at the start of the season. They sat back and tried to encounter. But they didn't even have a game plan. There was nothing, no rhyme or reason to their play. It was just an off day for them. It really was. But similar to Cork, though, we scored pretty early in that game. Knocked the stuffing out of them. Mm. And then went on to... But how important was that goal just before half-time? Because it would have been a different story. Yeah. Because it knocked the stuffing out of them. And, and then, then, similar to Cork, remember Horgan made a brilliant save just before the break. That was save. the equivalent of a goal. Stun- yeah. yeah. I mean, like, we celebrated like a goal. Yeah. And, um, on to half-time. And... Um, Came up for the second half and uh, I mean seven minutes later we're 3-0 up so that's game over. Sam Bone. Did you actually see the goal? Did, did, Sam you, Bone. did you come back from the I, I did. I was in suite. chatting and I just saw the goal that, uh, just as I exited yeah. the, the suite. So you came was, back uh, from the error mark. I was actually impressed. Yeah, I, I was, was actually like, I was doing a bit of networking process. There was no already. drink involved. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, midweek, I'm broke this week. So, um, yeah. Sam Bone. It happened, Gary. What I said would never happen. I know, happened. yeah. He scored a, prof- a goal. In professional football. Hell froze over. <laughs> that says a lot about what we think of him, doesn't it? I, I really like the guy. Brilliant range of passing. But I genuinely believe he is the worst striker of the ball in the squad. Mm. And we had uh, <laughs> the worst striker, as in on goal. Fantastic pass yeah. for the ball. Yeah. But he just uh, wasn't able to kick snow off a rope for a while in front of goal. But like I said, 3-0, done and dusted. And uh, we are sending Pats back to the clinic. 
So that is that done and dusted. Subs, we brought on Joel Coustan early for uh, Brando, who was a revelation on the wing. Old school, beating players and then just seeing a gap and going into the gap. Brilliant, fantastic from Joel Coustan and delighted because he needs it. He needs that bit of confidence and hopefully he starts. And that was his first assist, I think, wasn't it? I mean, I think it was his first assist. You said that just before it, probably, probably just before That's it. what I've been crying out for for weeks. I want to see Joel get an assist. So he can win the fans over. But he did more than just that. How many times? He I, tormented I think Ian Birmingham. Bermo, I think, is like still spinning. The amount <laughs> of times he was absolutely skint and torn and tossed and just all over the shop. He had a game a torrid time. I saw one post during the week now. I mentioned this to you, Gar, about why Bradzard chose Custrain over Ronan Cochran. And, I mean, what is that based on? Because he scored a few goals for Bray. And the thing is as well, like we we still can't judge Coughlin as a player. We've seen some nice things from him, some nice touches, some nice goals, mm. but as a player overall, it's very hard to judge. How can you call that a mistake? Yeah. I'd, Plus, Castrain showed why he was signed on Tuesday. Granted, he may he may not turn it on on a consistent basis. I hope he does, but he showed he's, he's a player. He, that's I mean, that's what he has in the locker, that amazing dri- dribbling ability and just the lack of fear. Just go at players and something that we don't have really on the wing. Mm. Like, like I said, we are lacking that bit of pace and power on the wings. But it was great to see and um, fantastic cameo from, from Joel Coustron. And we had Mr. McAllister coming in as well, who just was over-eager, I thought. Yeah, a lot of 30 yard drives. Yeah, he was over-eager. thought I he was Stevie G. It was, um, he just needs 90 minutes, a good 90 minutes in the bag. He really does. Lukey Bourne came on as well to shore it up. Yeah, so it's, it was. It was a tough one because they, everyone played well. So we'll go through. Uh, they said Tomer. Tomer didn't have anything to do. No. I Did he have a shot on goal? I can't remember one. No. no shot on goal. And then we had Kevin, Kevin at left full who was solid. Solid at left full. Fantastic distribution. I love oh, his ball control. Especially. Oh, his ball control. Yeah. Like he's a yeah. really good player. And he's, it's, he's one of those players that can play anywhere. We had Boyle who was coming on fantastically again. One thing that we did say about Boyle is that Sometimes when he gets the ball, he receives the ball, he's turned to the left. Like he's he's quite awkward at times. But yeah, he had a good game though. He he was excellent. He will, but his body shape can As can you, be a bit poor at times. You made a good point late on in the second half. He did so well, like the burst of pace to beat the full back, but then he just did a little too much at the end. And you said that could be coached out of him. Yeah, it's his decision making, like he'll beat someone and be fantastic and he'll have a great opportunity to cross but he'll take an extra touch and try and beat someone else it's just a little bit of coaching but he is a real good prospect and he had a fantastic game so um, a lot of people put on his back I, I, I'd i like to see people get off his back and, and encourage I, I did say as far back as January that this guy this guy will be compared to Simon Madden constantly for the first six months uh, yeah no he will be and it's uh, Madden, Madden was poor against us again so listen, we're, we've moved on from that situation and Boyle is now officially our right full no one else is going to get in there we don't actually have anybody else to put in there harsh on Joey actually because he was back uh, I don't know I think Joey's better centre half in a, in a five at the back or three at the back I think he has that bit mm. of fuck, bit, bit, of, bit of coolness and calmness and experience but we'll, we'll go on to uh, Pico and Grace and this is a serious partnership Lee, Lee Grace and just short of proposing to him. It, what a performance. This guy is just stunning. What, what a player. A handsome devil. 
stunning footballer and I just hope we hold on to him for a couple of years before he's gone because it won't be long Pico absolutely amazing again See the what, goal line how clearance. about that block that was brilliant how about that block putting your body on the line for the for the jersey and that's that's what we want to see yeah Lee Grace or Lee Graysonbauer Lee Graysonbauer what a player I love this uh, tweet from um, Lee Grealini I love this tweet from Kieran Stafford he said if ISIS ever came to invade Ireland you could send Lee Grace out with a hurl and we'd win out with the hurdle there the league on. beautiful beautiful man oh wow unbelievable I think I'm in love prof yeah as good as Grace was Pico was some people's man of the match he was that good Pico's excellent excellent and he's it's it's a good partnership some people like to have two football and centre halves uh, he's your grafter he's your you're putting your your body on the line go you know he'll, he'll sacrifice himself I'm not saying not saying that Grace will Grace more elegant in this play but Pico just threw himself in front of it We've tackles left, right, and centre. He was excellent. We've come a long way since Albany Day. Remember, we were quite critical of, of Pico. I know. Yeah, we're well, talking about should we have let Dan Cleary go? It's it's yeah, it's a tricky one, all right. We'll move on to our uh, Brando. Brando was at uh, wide, came off injured, so that'd be an NA, wouldn't it? Yeah. No score. Uh, Greg Bulger, brilliant. See, oh, ha- am I the only one who thinks he's getting unnecessary flack? He definitely is. I think so. He was excellent and copped it off with a, a quick finger point to the scoreboard. That was great. There yeah. you go, Mr. Bourne. Have a look at that. Great way to deal with he's a been, little heckler like he's that. He's been criticised for his uh, short passes, I think even by me at one stage. But that was a game where it's quite effective what he did. Yeah, no, he gets games with a scruff of the neck and he likes a rail, so he's definitely definitely good in my book. Um, we had Rona Finn, middle of the park. Excellent, excellent game pushing on beyond the striker and getting forward and doing damage in the final third is what he does best and he had a super finish in the top corner as well I think I mentioned it a few weeks ago and I know it's a lot of other people saying the same thing there's definitely a correlation between when Finn plays well and the team plays well well there it definitely was because every time he scored yeah. a goal we hadn't lost for how long 63 games yeah well that went further back than us that was us the knock sporting Fingal UCD 63 games I think it was so um, yeah who else had we got we Borky who's Close control in tight spaces is absolutely fucking he sublime. Was, he was running the show. Unbelievable. How, like, the, the, it's, that's just street football all day. That's what that is. Out playing ball on the street every day and perfecting your game. That's what that is. That's where he has come from. So, great, great to see. And Danny Carr, Danny Carr was my man in the match up until great. I fell in love with Lee Grace towards the end when he when he made an interception. Now, Dan's still a man for me now. Dangerous Danny Carr. Love Danny Carr. How about that do you know what he does he invites player. he's like a Venus flytrap he invites you in and then just snaps and goes boy he, it's just so hard to, to tackle him when he receives the ball and then he has that pace he has that burst of pace where he just goes when he receives the ball and turn, turns I'm always confident he's going to get away he gets away but then he's gone he's just gone yeah. you're like this fella is, is determined like that the, the assist against uh, a lot of Waterford it, a lot of it is just mad shit he's doing yeah, it comes off it's brilliant he's such an exciting player and um, if if we're going to play him in the role he's playing now we need runners we need Finn getting on we need Bork getting on we need Constrain getting on because he will put them in so when he receives that ball in let's say the start of the toward of their half or their toward you could say just maybe about 15 yards outside the box he's going to skin them and turn them and then he's gone that's when you need your players already gone you need your right your winger and your fi- and your central midfielder gone past you so he can put them in and then maybe receive a 1-2 because he does well with 1-2s with Finn and the other players and that's when you're danger 
zone is is rampant and he will do damage in there with Finn and the other lads but it's all about getting those runners beyond him if not he'll be isolated and it won't work and then we'll just be going back to square one but if like I said it was a fantastic performance and uh, dangerous Danny Carr how about that I think that's going to stick Sam Bowen as well sorry you old Sam fantastic game Prof how do you think of Sam well, I mentioned his range of passing sorry Sam if you're listening about what I said about your striking on goal <laughs> but uh, people were saying oh, we all know he has talent we all know his potential people were saying earlier in the season remember he played those some of those early games and he was spraying those balls like the quarterback role no he's just really talented player and uh, I interviewed him afterwards first time I interviewed him Gareth since remember me and you went down to Rolleston to interview him and Sean yes, Boyd yes remember well remember he was a sort of a young shy young man who had never played centre half before and yeah, yeah. He's, come, he's come a long way actually this time he? he came out and he was a bit more mature he about a bit of swagger had he but yeah he was confident and all and uh, he was allowed to be interviewed oh. afterwards he was like oh when's that going up because he listens to all of them oh really yeah, yeah. well he better stay listening to this Yeah, give to, us those listens lads have to put them onto the podcast now. some people are trying to figure out is there any sort of good luck charms that we can work on to try and keep getting these wins? Uh, Karen Connolly believes it's because she sat in the East End for this game in Cork. Oh, yeah. That's why we won. Rob Lavelle thinks that we've been cursed ever since you started the WhatsApp group. Yeah, the bogey group. Yeah, but I have another suggestion, Gary. What's this? We need to bring Julian Canny to all oh, our he's, games. He's been, at, he's, he's been at every home win, hasn't he? He's only seen two games for Robertson. And we've season. been brilliant. We beat Cork and he's past 3 He's thinking they should be winning the league. <laughs> free, free tickets for Julian. <laughs> free tickets for Julian, yeah. Or yeah. we have to get Tommy Kelly to piss in each corner flag and lift the gypsy course. And where's Sean Fields in this scenario? Because they, they have some sort of partnership going on, don't they? Yeah, that's uh, the, the two bold boys of the of the bogey group. Good old Fields, are you? Quite entertaining man, the Fields are. Ah, the fields are fella, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he, did you hear about his antics at the Rolling Stones? No. Oh God, it, it, I, I think he ended up in a in a retirement home that night. Good old fielder, and uh, we'll be in the hut on Friday as well. So anyone wants to join the bogey group, the Tales in the East End bogies, we'll be in the hut uh, about half six on Friday. Yeah, so uh, happy with the clean sheet and a good night all around, Prof. And here's the stat I was promising you, girl. Go on, the darts. Starts. 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 We have nine clean sheets, more than last season already. Oh yeah, Brad's made a point of that, didn't yeah. he? I think he might have stole that from me though. I think so. Because yeah. I talked to him before he went up to the suite. And he was like, I'm going to rob that from Carol. I, re- I reckon he listens. <laughs> He's, he is, he, I think he does. Notice that actually, that's not mine, I just read it on Twitter. But we're the only club not to concede a goal in the first 15 minutes of a game this season. Really? That's a weird, wasn't it? We haven't conceded in the first 15 minutes game? No. That doesn't sound right. Jeez, it's a great, it's a great stat. If true, if if it's not yours, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, back to Pats being terrible. It was just, just, just such a shock that they were just did no game plan. There was nothing about them. I mean, they were as bad as their program notes. Just knowing Pats as well. Uh, the only outfield players to play every minute of action in the Premier Division this season. Lee Grace, Simon Madden, Lee Desmond, Kevin Toner, Ian Birmingham. And Lee Grace. So Get up there, Laser. Four past players and Lee Grace. They're the only ones that have played every Yeah, game. they're back for us, pretty much set in stone, isn't it, with Pats? Another uh, amusing uh, note about Lee Grace is he still, as far as I can tell, only made one mistake in his entire Roberts career, and yeah. that was in Waterford, just after Jason Maloney made up a song about him, about how he never makes mistakes. 
Put the songwriting pad away, Jay. Put yeah. the songwriting pad away. So first time since 2011 that we beat twi- whoa that we beat Pats twice in one league season. Stat City again. Statosaurus Rex Actually, hitting us with the darts. Going to cre- credit uh, Sean McNulty with that one. Oh yeah, yeah. He said Fair play that, to him. He said that a couple of weeks back. Do you notice the Sun had a big headline? No, I don't read rags, prof. <laughs> they said that it was our first win over Pats in two years. Six games. So pretty, even, pretty sure we beat them two months ago. I, yeah, I think so. Pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> With that uh, Kevin Toner. Oh, gee. But, uh, yeah, so we'll move on to the attendance. 3,000 healthy for a Tuesday night, considering there's no football on, no Champions League, no English football, mm. nothing like that, and a beautiful day, of course. Every opposition manager in the whole league was in Tata that night. Be, I mean, yeah, sure, there was, a, there was actually... Not on. Actually, I went into the suite. I think I saw Dan McDonald. I think I saw a good few heads. It was a who's who of the, the Irish media scene. So, uh, definitely a good night for some pints and some three, and three points as well. So, uh, definitely leaving the happy the happier set of fans. And our last midweek game, so... Uh, on the schedule as it stands anyway so if there's any possibly another couple of rearrangements with Europe coming soon so well, uh, probably like last year remember we travelled to Dundalk on a Sunday that sort of thing yeah like Mark like Beach Boy said we'll probably get one of those games rescheduled for a smelly Tuesday or something like that <laughs> I think we can agree that the fixture list has been a mess this season it's a disaster oh, do you know what I can't stand it and you know what preparation is the key to a lot of these games and a lot of these teams need it even with the part-timers and you just haven't got the preparation like like, like I think but well, well, you've got a game on a Friday game on a Monday and then you're back training you have to have a rest day in there it's going to be Wednesday for a rest day if Rovers Rovers rest on a Wednesday well the way they've done it the front loading of the fixtures we've packed all these games in in the first half it hasn't benefited us at the all the idea I assume being that uh, the free up weeks for the European teams so we'll probably appreciate this now in the next couple of months when yeah. we don't have any midweek games in Europe we probably think it's great then you might say it's an excuse and that every team has to play all these games but every team is dropping points and every team isn't benefiting from it because like I said the rest period in between is essential and it's they're just not getting the rest period they need mm. and I, I just can't stand this 10 team league I really can't like I said to you at the start of the week we had two Dublin derbies this week Pats on a Tuesday Rovers Bowls on a Friday and I just feel like oh, we've played these recently like absence makes the heart grow stronger that's a that's a genuine it, it, it's true and it's just it, I, I'm not a fan of it at all I really am also I, was, I saw somebody on Twitter that um, later on the season not about the FAI Cup doesn't begin until August I don't like the way the Cup is just rushed at the end but I understand what the point of it was to give the non-league Cups a chance because when we used to play them in like June in the first round and they're only back in training and then we don't play again till August it's not really fair on the non-league Cubs I get that true but it's just that when we come back in August for the Cup whoever gets knocked out of the Cup in the first round watch their gaps in the fixture list then like those sort of clubs that get knocked out they'll just have these weeks where they've no league games yet they played on Friday, Monday, Friday, Monday, Friday, Monday and constantly back in March and April they'll go one, one game one week without that a game hap- that will happen a few times in August and September so you could say they're pretty much idle it's a mess yeah it is a mess together. absolute mess so well done FAI um, 
Yeah, so we had Robert Goggins' response, his editorial response to St. Pat's programme notes and a very dignified and professional response, as expected, from Robert. Touch of class, as usual. Touch of class, yeah. Bit of, bit of uproar online about it, but listen, that's just from, from Pat's fans, and obviously they're going to defend it, but anyone, I mean, we, we call a spade a spade. If, if something like that happened with us, we'd be disgusted if our programme went down that road. Yeah, so Thomas Sargent, the guy who actually wrote the, the piece that we're talking about, he said, previously I was having a tongue-in-cheek jibe at arrival. It was a bit of off, it was a bit off fun, OFF. Um, I'm a volunteer like everybody else involved. The opinions reflected in the programme are not those of the club, as stated. If I can't have a bit of fun doing it, what is the point? Well, it's an official, it is an official programme. It's not a fanzine though. It's it not a fanzine, it's an official programme of the an club. An official programme where you're previewing the opponents. Therefore, have like conduct, conduct it with a bit, of, a bit of professionalism maybe, that's that's how I feel about it. And uh, it's just because we're used to a high standard, that's what it is with the Rovers programme. Mm. And we look at that and think that's just like a drunken Facebook post. That's how yeah. we feel about it anyway. And fittingly, Robert will uh, receive his award for Programme of the Year at the Programme Fair on Sunday. So that'll be 10 o'clock to 2 p.m. St. Andrew's Resource Centre. Brilliant. On, on so Pier we, raise a, we raise a glass to Robert. Congrats, Rob. And, on, only um, cool people invited. Only cool people. Yeah. So you're staying at home, yeah? <laughs> Ooh, burn. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, yeah, congrats to Rob. And uh, that'll make, make room on the mantelpiece, Rob, because there'll be more to come uh, throughout the years. So... And we had a classic Maloney at Killian Brennan. And I think he was on his way out after the final whistle. Maloney got his attention, said, Football loves you, Killian. And I think he said something inaudible at him. And then he says, What? What's that? He says, 3 0, put that on Twitter. <laughs> Absolute classic stuff. So good to see people putting the dig in. And I have to say, there was an array of insults and posts and tweets directed at Killian Brennan for the last couple of days. And it's been brilliant. Loving every minute of it because the guy deserves it. It's great to be able to put one over them. Must have lost his phone. Because they've had the last laugh over us for a good few times. It was, yeah, it was great. Finally, finally to get one back at our um, the underdogs of Dublin, you could say. Speaking of the Brennans, uh, Gavin has gone to Warren Point Town. Yeah, that's about his level, isn't it? Uh, Danny Carr, dangerous Danny, his famous actor brother, is going to visit him in New York this summer. He's going to be on the set of The Deuce. For anyone who doesn't know, The Deuce is written by the same people who wrote The Wire. So uh, check that one out. That's on the yeah. list, Prof, actually. HBO has signed them up for three years. It's three years. Oh, signed him up personally. Unbelievable. To a HBO deal. So he can... Yeah. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. It's supposed to be an excellent show. And like I said, it's on the list. But Westworld is taking over at the moment, Prof, isn't it? I love this, the headline in the star. Come on, you boys on screen. <laughs> oh, yeah? yeah. <laughs> Come on, you boys on screen. I ended up having a good chat with Dan. Because it was uh, doing media work during the week, and uh, nice guy, isn't he? Yeah, lovely guy. He was shocked when I told him that Roberts didn't have a ground for twenty-two years. Like his face dropped. So at that point, I told him how much stick the players have been getting on their quizzes over not knowing Roberts' history, and I was like, "Well, not so much you. You're English, and you just got here, but mostly the, the Irish guys. What? How? How can they not know about Milltown? So you know? say he's gonna brush up. Yeah, and I must curse Danny. Because he's got me addicted to some basketball app. He was there. He was there showing me the game, dunk hit or something. It's called. And oh, now, okay. now I'm addicted. Okay, I'm liking yeah. this. I'm I'll gonna go. You. I'm definitely getting a hold of this because I remember I had a game years ago. It was like an old school '80s pen and pixel one, and uh, it was addictive. So I'm definitely gonna go for this dunk hit. Yeah. 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This should make for great radio. I'm gonna play the game. Dunk shot. Dunk shot. Dunk hit. I'm gonna play the game in front of Gary. Right. So this is our recommendation for the week. Dunk hit. Ready. Quite apt considering that. Uh, oh, I'm liking this. Considering the playoffs are on at the moment. I'm doing terribly so far, but I'm usually better than this. Prof, it's supposed to go in the basket, not up through. Uh, no, no. When I get on the streak, I'm good. You have to get the ball in the net. <laughs> right. There we go. Oh, yeah, I'm all over this. Yes, Is he an NBA fan? don't know. He loves cricket, doesn't he? You're on fire. Oh, this reminds me of NBA Jam. Do you remember that? <laughs> from downtown you remember you have to remember that we played that we used to play that on your Nintendo oh yeah and uh, he's on fire <laughs> you remember Jeez, excellent that, that brings back that brings memory, it yeah. back but Dan says that he's always playing this even if someone's talking to him on the phone he's actually playing that he's basketball like, yeah, game yeah 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 okay. he's like, he's oh, like should... Dan you're coming on it's like I should have yeah, told you that yeah yeah, yeah. hold on Just, oh. seven in a row here yeah so that's our recommendation for the week the deuce and dunk hit to keep you occupied on the, on the trains and the buses on the way to work. Of course, listen to this podcast. Uh, two wins in ten. Not great on paper. And they were three the wins over Cork and Pats, so the most informed team in the league. We are all over the shop. Seriously. We are all over the place. Well, when we when we're added, we're unstoppable. Yeah. And we were, we're added on Tuesday. Can we be added on Friday as well, please? Well, we, we started singing Bring on the Balls. At the end of the game, very vocal, yeah. Very, nice very, very, you could hear it very. And well. I started singing. Well, maybe, poss- Well, can we postpone it for a week? <laughs> so John Thorny, pretty odd season from brutal to brilliant at regular intervals, which is uh, it's quite apt. Yeah, very, very true. And the league table makes it a bit easier reading now. I wouldn't say that yet. Probably wouldn't say easier. I'm still still want to vomit when I look at it. Well, four points off fourth. And the reason for that is Derry have had a horrific run. Yeah. And we've been quite lucky about that. But we still need to scalp the teams in and around us, up above us, and we we have to do it sooner rather than later. We need, we need a serious season. Three. We need to beat Derry at home again. We need to win out in Richmond. Yeah, our Series 3, nine games, we need 20 points. Oh, don't be setting points. We need 20 points, Prof. Come on, give us a tally. What do you want? No. Series 3. No, come on. No. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, one, so, one thing that... Uh, I've seen people say, you know, we're this many points off the relegation zone. Which to me, I don't really care about. Because when you're a mid-table in a 10-team league, usually you're going to be near the top four and relegation at the same time. You're just kind of in there. That's quite similar to Glenville. Glenville are in the Senior Sunday 2nd Division, you could say. And they were, I think, one point off promotion. And nine points off relegation, so yeah. it was a crazy league. Like it's something, something along the lines of that. Well, I would expect uh, a pack to break away eventually, maybe around the time of the, the summer break. But up to now, this is kind of normal, isn't it? Teams being close to the top yeah, four, yeah, I mean, and the bottom it, two. It's all about your form in the third series. It really is for me, anyway, because that is when you pick up steam, and then you couldn't possibly afford to drop a point or two in the fourth series but when you pick up your steam and you're you really start playing well third series is what it's all about <clears throat> but um yeah so we move on to our roadstone project and the underage teams were in action on the same day as the seniors in Sligo the 19s lost 2-1 in Galway to an injury time goal and Dean Williams had given them an early lead so that's disappointing for the 19s Galway finally beat us 
Galway fun yet in the 19s. Yeah? So next up for them is UCD away on Saturday, 2 p.m. and they have a boy in the fourth round of the cup. And we had the 15s. They beat uh, UCD 5 0 at Marley Park with uh, goals from Conan Noonan, Rolando Banya, Scott Armstrong, and Evan Caffrey. So the boys are banging them in and they'll be away to Bray on Sunday with a 3 o'clock kickoff with pints down by the seaside. Maybe a 99. And earlier in the week, the 15s have beaten Shelbourne Trina and Talca Park to advance to the next round of the cup with Armstrong got a brace in that one as well. We're hearing that name quite a lot cropping up, Mr. Armstrong. Mm-hmm. And the 17s didn't have a game that weekend due to Ireland under 16 internationals in Sweden with Alex, Luke, and Keane and James all involved. They'll play Wexford on Saturday, 2 p.m. at Talla. And they are at home to UCD in the cup final the following Wednesday. We don't seem to be able to get in touch with any of the junior hoops at the moment so the Civil War could be back uh, news to me yeah no no news at the moment I got Argentina in the draw prof happy enough with that but when you think about it so we've both got notorious bottlers basically yeah, France and Argentina like I said to you fair enough they've probably got the best attack in the world with like Aguero you've got Messi you've got Di Maria you've got Higuain You've got a lot of good attacking players, but you name one central midfielder for 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 you said to me, Oimar. Yeah. Is he retired? Walter Samuel. me, yeah, Walter. Yeah. Name, like they're they're poor all over. Not poor, but they're just not world beaters all over the pitch. I just think it's part of football destiny that Ronaldo and Messi will never win a World Cup medal. I think so. The two yeah. greatest players of our time. They are dragging. Like I mean, look at look at Argentina. They struggled. They literally wait, had Messi to thank on the last day to get them into the World Cup. So. I think uh, I don't think they'll do too well, but it's a decent enough uh, pick for a tenner. And like I said, it's the junior hoops. I think that's the fourth sweep they have, and uh, definitely get your few quid in. All it goes to the junior hoops. They will benefit from this greatly. So goes to the academy. The yeah, there's a few quid to win from as well. So um, no other news anyway. No home games, so no events for the junior hoops. So hopefully, Glenn will go back to. Them. I tried ringing you there, Glenn, and there's no sign of you. So. Um, your finger out your hole. Uh, that's the junior hoops this week. Don't think of any more news than that. With Ireland under 17's penalty incident with goalkeeper Jimmy Corcoran. This was scandalous stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, technically the referee was following the rules. Although, I think from the replay, his foot was still on the line. So, It's a tough one to call. But even if his foot was an inch off the line, how many, how many times have we seen goalkeepers jumping to nearly the six-yard line? Listen, and it's gone unpunished all this time. And then we've got an underage tournament. I reckon the ref knew there was an assessor there. He saw his name in lights and says, I'll make a name here. Letter of the law. Mm. Obeying, obeying, a, obeying the letter of the law, pretty much. Mm. And he says, you know what, I'll make a name for myself here. Well, the new rule that came in last year was that you can book a goalkeeper for this. Which I didn't know about. But he warned the, the Dutch keeper twice. Didn't book him. And then he just booked our lad and sent them off. So it's, he, uh, How unlucky can you get? Corkin was booked earlier on for time-wasting. And then to get a second yellow in a penalty shootout. I know. He should have just been retaken. But didn't Jimmy Corkin come out afterwards and say that he was right to say sent off? I just think it's bollocks. He came out, yeah. No, I, 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 I agree with it as bollocks. well, yeah. It is. It's, these type of things are going to start ruining the game as well. It's like the VAR uh, with, um, with goals mm. now. Go, the joy of scoring a goal is being taken over. And then Holland went on to win... The semis and the final on penalties, ironically. Yeah. I think the keeper came out of his line for one or two of them. Had to have, yeah. But McPhail was actually in RT studio 
for that for that game. That's the one I thought I got mixed yeah. up. I thought he was on MNS and he had the yeah. Yeah, he, I don't know if he had a back and forth with care about the underage setup, but um, he did kind of have a little knock at Rover. So hopefully our corner was fought. Yeah, care did have a bit of a rant, alright. Yeah, so um, we have our questions from the East stand up next, and we've got Pico Lopez versus Sean Boyd. So here they are. So we're back at the Roadstone, and we're here for questions from the East stands. Our World Cup former. And um, we have Pico and we have Sean Boyd in the last 16. Winner goes through to the quarter-final. So Pico, we'll go to you first. Yes. What country, aside from England, does Dan Carr qualify for? Uh, Trinidad. Yeah, that's it. And Sean, Pico here is eligible to play for which foreign country? Cape Verde. Cape Verde, yeah. What score did Barcelona beat Sevilla in last month's Copa del Rey final? I want to say 5-3. 5-0. And who won this season's Irish Cup final, Sean? Dundalk, was it? What? No, Coleraine. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Pico, what's the name of Burnley's ground? Oh, <laughs> bollocks. <laughs> no, I think that's it. <laughs> nah, I'm buzzing you last with the last question. Five Shit. seconds. I'll give Pico. I don't know. It's Tour for more. Which Premier League club finished the season unbeaten at home? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Liverpool. Oh shh. Pico. Name the previous manager of Rangers. Adam McQuist. Graham Morty. Sean, who is the Netherlands' highest scoring goal scorer of all time? Um, Patrick Kluivert. Robin Van Persie with 50. In the drinks industry, what do the letters A? Did it? Oh yeah, yeah. Which club has just won the Leinster Senior League? Bluebell. Bluebell's right. Um, why did Paul Merson wear a Muppet costume on Sky Sports at the weekend? No idea. He said he would have Huddersfield weren't relegated. Did you and know that? In the drinks industry, what do the letters ABV describe? ABV? <laughs> I didn't know, did yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Alcohol by volume. County Sligo is associated with which Irish poet? William B. Yeats. Yes! There you did not know that. That was a guess. What score is it? What, what, what do you call, Pico, what do you call a bunch of crows? <laughs> I didn't know this one. It's a good one. A murder of crows. Order by the windows. From from what tree do acorns come? Pine trees. No, it's, a, it's an it's an oak tree. Or is that horse chestnut? Pico, which nation won the Eurovision this year? Israel. Israel is right. And Ireland have won the Eurovision a record number of times. How many times have we won? None. Oh my God! A record number of times. Record <laughs> Seven. <laughs> Seven times. That's it. Uh, uh, oh, Pigo, the Cobra Kai featured in which famous 80s movie? Cobra Kai. Uh, 
Hi. James Bond. No, it was the Karate Dojo and the Karate Kid. And Sean, the Baba Duke. It follows and a quiet place are films from all which genre? What type of films are they? Horror. Horror is right. Well, what's that, Baba Duke? Yeah, so did I. <laughs> Three older. The capital of Cape Verde is called Praia. Spell it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> me dad's gonna kill me. P R A I H A. No, P R I Y A. And Sean. There's two spellings. That's, that's the English spelling. The Cape Verde spelling with a H. Yeah. To get through to the next round, spell the word indite. P-O-I-T-E. How are you, Raza? Uh, no, it's I-N-D-I-C-T. We're going to need a tiebreaker here, bro. Yeah, that's too old. So here's the tiebreaker question. Boy, you got my back. So what way are we working? Yeah, how is this? To do? We have a tiebreaker, so it's three off. So, so what is the Is it still a question each or? No, no it's one question. So whoever gets closest, right? Call your name first. Or what? Oh, it's a spelling or something. Like that. What is the Guinness World Record? Let's start with you, Pico. You can go first. What is the Guinness World Record for the most amount of Jaffa cakes eaten in 60 seconds? Whoever has the closest guess wins. Sixty-four. Sixty-four in one minute. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you like Jeff Cakes? Sixty-three. Sixty-three. He's close. I didn't think just now. Just go. Sean wins. Sean wins. <laughs> We're yeah. playing that so well. There you go. And that's Sean through to the next round. Seven teams. There you go. Seventeen. Jeff Cakes. Could you eat in a minute? I was gonna say 13 or something. Yeah. <laughs> 64. He said 64. <laughs> See, I go high, I go low. And I went 63 because I knew it was lower. 17. 17. So, uh, 60 odd Jaffa cakes in a minute, prof. I'm sorry, but Pigo deserves to grow out for that ridiculous answer he gave. In fairness to Sean, he was quick with that. I think he had a stinker in one or two earlier on, and then he just goes, okay, yeah, 63. There's no way you could get 64. Pigo, you need to take a long hard look at yourself in I the mirror, so, pal. Yeah. Smart guy as well. What did, what did Sean say? He predicted Ireland won the Eurovision record zero times. He thought Dundalk zero, won, won yeah. the Irish Cup. The Irish one, yeah. There's a bit yeah. of laughter there for that one. But it's great crack with the lads. They do they do seem to enjoy it. You know, it's a bit of extracurricular activity for them, you know. That's another shocker. There's two shockers now. Two shockers, yeah. I, Although I, I think we've been misled about the Kevin Horgan thing. Or we think he's thicker than he is, than yeah. he's made out of the, yeah. So after the first two, uh, what was it? Berkey beat Kevin Harkin, Tomer beat Brandon Mina, right? Have we anybody left? After those two results, the only people left out of 50-odd entries to our competition was David Kiernan, Mark Fanning, Anthony Scully, Gareth Brennan, Jay O'Grady, Glenn Doyle, right? Then after this one, that eliminated them just down to two. So we're going to have Two people A fight to the death <laughs> So Jay Our next match is uh, Gary Shaw versus uh, Lee Grace So Jay says that Shaw's he's going to win And David Says that Lee is going to win Ooh. So Technically we'll have a winner Well this is only four out of eight though So what do we do? We're relying on one of those two To get the next four right So oh. if they if, if they fail We kind of have to go back And see who got The most right Seven out of eight. Right, so we'll dicky it up like that, yeah. I don't think we have much luck with these competitions. We don't. Remember we tried to give away a jersey? I call it the uh, the John Monk's curse. The John Monk's <laughs> <laughs> Not even a Rovers fan, and he predicted yeah. the score. Um, 
Yeah, so that is da. And we have Bill Gleason. He says, I do love listening to Tales from the East End, but the Players Quiz segment always leaves me fearful for the future of the human race. <laughs> Fantastic quote. And it really does. At some, I think I put my head in my hands a couple of times at one stage. I'm just like, lads, seriously. Come on. I mean, this is basic stuff. The horse thing. The horse thing. You should be called that from now on. Right, so next up, we have starting 11s and predictions. Right, so we're going to Mordor. Good versus evil. The battle of uh, Pigsborough. So what's what's the prediction, Prof? Are you going to go with your starting 11 force or will I? I'll let you go first. We'll change it up. Well, it's similar to uh, Cork. Remember we, we hammered them 3-0. And yeah. we're like, well, how do you change this team now? Yeah, I don't think we Only can. thing you could argue with, I suppose, is should Finn or Burke play in behind Carr? Finn obviously worked quite well there. Tuesday um, obviously your change is going to be Castrain in for me I think so 100% agree with you there so that's my only change from the 11 yeah, yeah so I'd go with uh, if Horgan is fit I'll put Horgan in but Tomar Chanchinski will probably be in the nets so said another week or two another week or two Horgan so Cavanagh on the left Boyle on the right Pico and uh, Lee Grace the right on in the middle of the central defence um, Joël Coustron on the left I'm going to go Borky on the right no I'm not I'm not going to go Borky on the right what right there is no right I'm going to put I'm going to go 4-4-2 four, four, you're going to put Ger- Borky in that gap which doesn't exist in the field <laughs> of play a daily minute hold on let me think about this do we start Bone or do we put mm, it's a tough one it's a tough one I have to start Bone I think so considering yeah I'm going to go with the same team again but Borky's just going to have to have that free roll but we need a bit more discipline because they will exploit us if that happens again and we are exposed on that side so yeah pretty much the same team again with just Joel Custon gone in for um, for Brando I think we're we both agreed on that because we were so good against Pats and I don't want us to change our style of play either I want us to go with them and I want us to play the way we played at home don't be afraid. Don't yeah. buy into it. There is a derby mentality. I want them to be tough. I want them to be we get stuck in, but I don't want them to 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 fall into that trap too much. So definitely, uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a two one win and a late goal from dangerous Danny Kerr. Well, we t- we talked about we reviewed the two games, Sligo and Pats, and it was like two different teams we were talking about because creatively it was. It was like night and day. So the question is, are we going to be? Are we going to turn it on again in midfield? I mentioned Finn and Bolger. But I would actually like to see, we've got 19 sheets. We made those howlers in opening day where we conceded three goals. Yeah. Bowls have a shocking record at home. They haven't scored in their last four games at Daily Mount. Four games at home? They've scored four yeah. games at home? No. Nope. Here we go. They've got seven home goals in nine games. Three of them were against us on opening day. So we've been defensive, defensively pretty sound lately. If we just keep that solid base, true, nick a goal, true. But see those stats, Carrie. Right? You can just turn them sideways. Oh, of course, yeah. And stick them up your candy ass we because this it doesn't count. Going Dwayne Johnson on my ass. We it could be ten wins from us on the road. They could have ten losses at home, and this game could be four all. It could be four nil to them. 
derbies genuinely do just have that little bit extra and it's just something that you can't predict I don't think we've ever predicted a derby right it's just one of those things and if we're going to buy into the derby mentality then, then fucking get stuck in and really turn it into a battle but try and play some football as well it's easily done the two of them are done you can do it you can turn it into battle and play football as well so it's just that 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 nut that we ne- we need to crack but I genuinely think after that performance there's no way we can go out and not beat these like you said with the four not, not even scoring at home so hmm. um, yeah having to- said all that my prediction is one all one all yeah, so that's the starting eleven of predictions for me and the prof, as usual. And uh, we'll have to get our tails, our, our tips from the East End back. We need, we need to start making people money again. But like I said, me and the prof being the hook, join us for a point. And uh, we could chew the fat before the game. And so May 25th, you know where to go, you know what to do. And we'll see you all there. Keep on hooping, folks. See you.